Welcome back, everyone, to Brown Bag Bets. Happy Friday. Powered by BetSports, we are your daily dose of picky and handicapping and sports betting picks. I'm Alex Christensen, and joining me as always, and apparently in the team color of blue today, um, so you can know who the normal hosts are. And we have a guest. It's Baseball Friday. We actually did it on a Friday this time. Coming back to get us ready for the second half of the season, we have Adam Burke. Mr. Burke, how are you? How was the first half of the season? Give us maybe a little quick primer for the rest of the way. Well, the first half of the season was a big time challenge for about the first six, seven weeks as we had a new baseball and, you know, all that kind of thing, because Major League Baseball just fundamentally changes everything year in and year out. But things have gotten better here of late throughout June and then on into July as well. So hopefully can continue that after the All-Star break here. But, you know, look, obviously it was it was a tale of two first halves within the first half with the substance crackdown in early June. The game was much different after that, more high scoring. Uh, obviously, we were all paying attention to pitcher spin rates and all of that. So we'll see what happens now coming out of the break. The trade deadline's coming up. So that's always, you know, a quirky thing for handicapping. Uh, but, you know, I'm looking forward to it. I finished on a high note in the first half and hopefully can get that going here in the second half. So those two things that you mentioned, the ball and then the getting the substances off the pitchers. Do, do you think we're kind of done with that variance for the rest of the year? Are pitchers going to behave themselves and not go back to that? Are they done swapping out the balls for different balls? Do you think we can kind of normalize for those two things, hopefully? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think pitchers have adjusted now. And, you know, one of the things for pitchers is, you know, just watching for injuries. Uh, you know, guys have to grip this new ball a little bit harder. It's putting some more strain on the wrist and the elbow ligaments and all of that. And then when you factor in something, I'm pretty sure we talked about the last time I was on the show, that you've got pitchers now that are going to go from throwing maybe 65, 70 innings last year to throwing 175 innings this year. So what happens later in the season with some extra strain, not being able to use those substances, and then also the increased workloads, that's something that down the line I'm going to have to pay very close attention to and kind of try to figure out. But the ball is what it is now. Pitchers have adjusted to the foreign substance crackdown. And I think it's a good thing for Major League Baseball that they upheld the suspension for Hector Santiago. I'm hoping we find out some more information as to why or what they found, but at least they showed a little bit of teeth now actually giving out a suspension instead of just all the threats that they previously had. Yeah, you kind of have to do something once in a while. Like it's it's like when uh, the NFL puts a new rule in, like, yeah, we're going to we're going to really focus in on this penalty this year. And they do it like for the preseason. And then all of a sudden it's gone and everyone realizes like, Oh, we can, we can still get away with it. That was just lip service. So no, it's good. It's good to see that. And anything you can do to make baseball normal, like when the, when the home runs were down and scoring was down, that's less fun. And I don't know, maybe for betters, it was more fun to have more, you know, knowing what you're getting. But for me, just a casual watcher of baseball, I like that a lot more. I like dingers. We all like dingers. Like that's why we had the that's why we had the Derby in Colorado. Um, something I talk about a bunch is just the the menus, what we're getting nowadays with legalized betting and everything, and what's been put up for especially golf. I bring this up a lot for golf because there are so many freaking things you can bet on for golf now. Every week, not just majors. And something that uh, I've seen the last few years, we've seen this a little for the NBA too, is adjusted win totals. And Adam, you had done some work on this over the All-Star break. You even had a couple that you've uh, you put some money down on in the second half there. Well, you know, I think the thing about adjusted season win totals is that we have seen roughly 90 games or so now. You know, anytime you go into a new season, there are always questions. You do all the research you can to try and make the most educated guess possible about a team. 
you know, if they make some free agent acquisitions or picked up some trade guys, you sort of try to project out their performance. Now we've seen it. Now we know what we're going to expect. And furthermore, we see teams that have overachieved or underachieved. And I use the alternate standings metrics to look at a lot of this stuff, looking at comparing actual record to Pythagorean win-loss, to the base runs record, to second or third order win percentage, stuff like that. These alternate standings metrics that really show teams that have gotten lucky versus teams that haven't gotten all that lucky. So for example, the Seattle Mariners, right? The Mariners are 48 and 43 going into the second half here. They're minus 50 in run differential. They have no business being a team with a winning record. They're 19 and eight in one run games. They're a pathetic offense, but they're a top, they're borderline top five offense with men in scoring position. No rhyme or reason for that. Just getting lucky, getting the hits at the right times has allowed them to win a lot of close games and have a better record than they actually should. So looking out there in the marketplace, I think it was as high as 82 and a half when it opened. It's 80 and a half now, but people are betting yonder with this team because when you look at their underlying metrics, they're not nearly as good of a team as what their record suggests. So you can find some situations like this. You can find some teams to try and pick off where they just overperformed in the first half and you would expect regression to the mean, regression to their own mean in the second half. Sometimes it doesn't happen. The 2016 Texas Rangers are a perfect example. They were 95 and 67. They played like an 82 and 80 team based on Pythagorean win-loss. They never regressed during the regular season. Then they went to the playoffs and got swept by Toronto right away. So that's where their regression came in. So these things aren't foolproof necessarily, but it at least gives us a good barometer, a good idea of where to go for the second half. So the Mariners are definitely an under team, uh, adjusted season win total of 80 and a half. I don't think this team finishes with a winning record based on all of the statistics I have at, at my hand. I'm glad you brought up that Rangers team. I feel like you were probably one of the people I was listening to, or you were tweeting about it at the time. Like I, it might've been like a record that year for a team that had won the most once, you know, one run games or close games. And back then the, I remember I just said, well, I'm going to bet their regular season win total under the next year. And that did come through. That was like my one regular season win total bet for baseball over the last five years. But it's not, now you can you can attack this right in, in season two. And I mean, you have the Tigers, Nats, and Rangers here too. Are those all just kind of similar thoughts as far as that? Or I mean, how deep? And I guess I'm, I'm assuming also you you know you're looking at the schedule. Did any of these have like unweighted schedules, or they have tougher or easier schedules in the second half as well? Yeah, absolutely. So I like Washington over 78 and a half. And in looking at the Nationals for the rest of the season here, based on my count, based on records at the All-Star break, they'll only play five series against teams that are 500 or better the rest of the way. And of course, the Mets are the only team in their division currently at 500 or better. So the Nationals are a team that has underperformed a little bit. They're three wins worse than they should be, according to base runs. Uh, Maybe Juan Soto and Juan Soto talked about doing the home run derby to try and fix his swing. You know, we've always had guys that go to the home run derby and they don't want to do it because they don't want to, you know, mess up their swings, mess up their timing, anything like that. Juan Soto thought it would be a good thing for him. If he takes off in the second half, not only can Washington go over 78 and a half, I think they could win this division. And they're about 12 to one, 14 to one in that range to win the national yeast. So I think that's a possibility. But as far as the schedule on the other side goes, look, the Texas Rangers are terrible. And I think that they'll probably trade Joey Gallo. Maybe they trade Kyle Gibson. They're going to have to sort of sell, reshuffle the deck a little bit. 
they can capitalize on high markets for Gallo and Gibson right now. But even if they don't trade those two guys, by my count, the Rangers play 17 series in the second half against teams that are 500 or better. And they're already a really bad team. So their season win total adjusted is 66 and a half, not that far off of what the preseason total was. And I think this is just a really, really bad baseball team. So yeah, Andy, to your point, the schedule does come into play, especially when you consider that a lot of it is based on division play. And I think that the Angels are you know, going to be around a 500 team. The A's are good. The Astros are good. The Rangers run into those teams, but also wind up playing some better teams in other divisions. So that's definitely a factor for me, too, is handicapping the schedule for sure. Oh, yeah. So you mentioned divisions, and I wanted to touch on that because these are pretty fun, and I'll be joining you here. But I'm a sucker for a big number, and it seems like almost every season you have a team that's maybe six, seven, eight games out at this point that finds a way of sneaking back in and stealing the division. Now, you touched on the Nationals already, but there's a couple other teams I just wanted to quickly hit on and get your thoughts on whether you think really any of these guys can come back and do it. I was looking at the Blue Jays. They're eight back of the Red Sox with a really nice run differential. They're like eight to one to win that division. Um, don't really know anything about the Indians, but it looks like the White Sox are running away. The Indians are like 12 to one. And then again, the Nationals, I'm looking at like nine to one, almost 10 to one. And they're just six games back from the Mets. What do you think of any of those? I mean, and is there any team that you can see kind of being out of the picture now making a run to get back in? I do think the Nationals have a very realistic chance of doing it. I mean, Trey Turner's a great player. Juan Soto's a great player. Kyle Schwarber started to hit late in the first half. The worry I have about Washington is their bullpen, but I think a lot of bullpen arms will be available here at the trade deadline. So if they feel like they're in a position to be a buyer, and I think that they should, then that's something that they may look into. Maybe Strasburg comes back better in the second half at some point, something like that. As far as Toronto goes, the run differential thing for Toronto is a little bit of a challenge because they win in blowout fashion a lot. They score a lot of runs. They won a lot of blowouts down in Florida. They've won blowouts here in Buffalo as well. They have trouble in close games because their bullpen is not particularly strong. And it looked like at the tail end of the first half, Hunjin Ryu wasn't fully healthy. Maybe a little bit of a break gives him a second wind here for the second half. But I think of the, the long shot, the two long shot teams there in the East, the Yankees or the Blue Jays, I would probably have more confidence in Toronto just because New York doesn't pay attention to the details. Aaron Boone's probably going to get fired at the end of the season. You know, they're just a team that's kind of in a little bit of a weird spot. One that you didn't mention, and they're only four games back and they play Milwaukee here this weekend is the Cincinnati Reds. They were hard charging at the end of the first half. The Brewers offense is not very good. And the Reds offense is very good. If they get the pitching staff stabilized and it seems like they have with Luis Castillo, now pitching a lot better. I've seen the Reds in the plus 450 range to win that division. And as far as I'm concerned, they're the only other team that could win that division. I don't have to worry about the Cubs. I don't have to worry about the Cardinals. The Pirates, I don't have to worry about until 2025. So for <laughs> me, I look at the Reds and I think they're the only other team that has a shot in that division. And I think the plus 450 price, maybe not a bad grab. I've seen 55 to one to win the World Series if they can win that division and get in. And I've thought about it because I've got Milwaukee at 55 to one to win the world series yes, from before do. the season. Yes, so maybe this is the right time for me to hedge either taking the reds for the division or maybe taking the reds for the, the world series. The problem is the brewers have three really good starting pitchers and two elite relievers. So they're at least live in the playoffs. I don't know if Cincinnati is. So I think I'm going to go more with the plus 450 or the best price I can find for them to win the division as my hedge for the brewers future. 
and you could even middle their Reds win the division, the Brewers win out anyway. There was one other one I wanted to ask you about it, and these ones are always confusing to me. I know the Dodgers are very good, but at two games back, they're minus 250 to win the division. The Giants, two games ahead, I'm looking at plus 350, and the book I'm looking at, there's probably a better number out there. Does that make sense to you? Are the Dodgers going to be able to put it together like that? Is there any value in a team like the Giants just to keep playing kind of above their heads like this at that kind of number? You know, I think it makes sense for the Dodgers to be favored. I don't think it makes sense for the Dodgers to be this big of a favorite in that minus 250 range. And the thing I think is interesting here about this division is that the Padres seem to be falling off a little bit. You know, a lot of injury attrition on the pitching side. The offense, while talented, hasn't really performed up to its full capabilities. And of course, too, you always have to be a little bit worried about Fernando Tatis Jr. and that shoulder because it's something that he could hurt at any given time and it would really lower the projection for the Padres. So I think looking at the Giants here and what I believe has become a two-horse race in the National League West, I do think that if you want to take them in that plus 325, plus 350 corridor, it's not a bad idea. The offense is legit. The starting staff is legit. They've got a brilliant front office. I expect them to be better after July 31st trade deadline. So I think if you want to take the Giants, I think they can be there for the long haul. They'll just have to play better in those head-to-head games against the Dodgers. Yeah, I think that's good then. So I got three there. I got the Nationals, I got the Giants, and I've got the Reds. What do you think, Andy? Yeah, I feel like I have some of those, like, again, Black Friday, like, promo boost things for, like, the Dodgers (laughs) to win the World Series, too. So I guess I'm sort of a Dodgers fan, although I'm obviously a much bigger Brewers fan at this point. And, yeah, the Tatis thing makes total sense. Like, that guy pulled his shoulder apart swinging. Like some people are just put together loose or they just swing like a, a madman like that. And you can see how he adjusted after that. So it'll be a, that'll be a fun race to follow. I, I know some people who took some San Francisco before the season, which that'll be come right down to it. I don't know. I might, it's hard. And it's hard to hedge out with a number that big too, at this point, you kind of got to just let shit ride depending on how you went. So yeah. um, I do have to say one thing that I'm, I'm kind of following here for the, for the second half. And, This isn't anything for me to be proud about, but I know that, you know, there's been a lot of talk over the last few days about, you know, what happened with circus sports and the number that they put up for the total on the the WNBA (laughs) all-star game, the exhibition game, whatever it was against USA. Uh, One bet I do have from the preseason is Arizona's season win total over. So I'm really curious to see how far I wind off being on that one where they're already 40 games under 500. That's not good. No, I I think that one might lose. (laughs) <laughs> I know some smart people, and I know some really smart people who took some twins to win the series, the AL. You know, some people have some really awful twins prices from previous. Man, I had, I had a really, really bad. And this is what sucks about different sports. Like, you, there's no bailout on this. I got an absolute bailout today. I had a golfer losing a matchup by six strokes, and he wasn't going to play any better today. And his opponent withdrew. So it went from an it went from an absolute instant loss or a, a, a near sure ninety nine point nine percent loss to an instant win. That is the beauty of something like that. I love being so wrong and getting bailed out once in a while. Write these things down for next time you have a bad beat, so you don't feel quite as bad about it. But uh, um, before we let you go, I'm gonna make you bet something. I suppose baseball's back. Baseball was supposed to be back yesterday, which 
I disagreed with. I don't stupid like that. Well, I, it was stupid too. Like give them a give them the whole break. Like I almost I will never feel bad for the Yankees or the Red Sox, but I I was very close to being feeling bad for them. It's like why don't they get the same All Star break as everybody else? Why make them play this? So I'm glad it got canceled actually. And baseball is back back today, and you got a couple wagers. Yeah, you know it was a really tough morning because there weren't a lot of overnight lines. A, a lot of teams hadn't really said who was going to start tonight, what their pitching plans were going to be. So a lot of blanks on the betting board this morning, which maybe limited me a little bit. But at the same time, I mean, I'm sure you guys know this. When you come back from a vacation, the last thing you want to do is work. And a lot of these players, you know, finally getting to go away somewhere. Last year, they had to worry about all the COVID protocols and all of that. Couldn't really go anywhere. Couldn't really do anything. I'm sure a lot of guys took vacations this year or something like that. So I tend to tread lightly coming out of the all-star break for that reason. Also because pitchers wind up being on ample amounts of rest. A lot of guys tonight going on a week plus of rest. Some guys will pitch the middle of next week on 12, 13 days of rest. You never really know how those guys are going to be, but there were a couple of plays I did make for tonight. One of them is the Cubs against the Diamondbacks. And I think this line's kind of shot up a little bit since this morning, but you know, for Chicago here, Kyle Hendricks has pitched really well of late, got off to a horrible start, but he's been really good over his last 11 starts. I think ERA in the 250 range, 9-0 and in that span, not that pitcher win-loss record is a big deal, but he's pitched well. The team has kind of responded to him and all of that. Madison Bumgarner comes back tonight for the Diamondbacks, who, as I mentioned, 40 games under 500. I think the last thing they want to do today is go back to work and play more baseball. <laughs> so I don't think they're going to be fully invested or engaged Bumgarner just pitched against basically prospects in the Arizona league for a couple of rehab starts and didn't pitch particularly well in either one of them. So I took the Cubs today. I laid that price, even though I'm a little bit worried about where their headspace is being a seller here at the trade deadline. The other one is I played Houston tonight as a short road favorite. So a couple of road favorites for me tonight, but Houston's up in Chicago. When these two teams played a four game series last month, Houston swept them and won the series 27 to eight. And this kind of underscores what's happening with the White Sox this season, where I think they're 38 and 11 against teams with a losing record, and they're 16 and 24 against teams that have a 500 or better record. So they're basically doing what my Indians did for several years, beat up on the bums and lose to the good teams. So the White Sox tonight with Dylan Cease on the mound, massive spin rate decreases since the foreign substance crackdown came together. His worst start in his recent stretch was against Houston, faces them again tonight. Astros didn't send anybody to the all-star game. Excuse me. So they're just ready to go, ready to get back at it. And just a better offensive projection for them with all the injuries that Chicago has right now. So laid the road price with Houston, laid the road price with Chicago, and hopefully a couple of those chalky plays come in tonight. Yeah, the Astros are clicking right now, especially on offense. And yeah, the Dylan Cease thing of all the guys where I've seen charts, and boy, we saw some charts when uh, the spin rate started to come down. Anybody, I don't even know what website, but like everybody who bets baseball uses that same website for the spin rate stuff. And that shit was just, you know, going. it looked like one of those Bitcoin charts where Elon tweets and then it just drops off the face of the earth. (laughs) Dylan Cecil's was pretty nasty. Like you can tell, it's not like, oh, he was cheating harder. It's just like, no, he was getting more spin like with whatever he was using. Yeah, maybe he was cheating harder. Actually, I'm going to say that. He was cheating almost the hardest. So the Dylan Cease fade, I'm fine with. And yeah, a little baseball for the afternoon because there's no basketball. There's no hockey. Football hasn't started. This is all we got tonight. Golf's done in like an hour, man. They're playing in England. So baseball tonight, that's what I'll be watching. Maybe listening on the radio. I don't know. 
that might be a good hammock activity for me. So we thank our guest, Mr. Adam Burke. Adam, where can people find your stuff if they want to hear and read and listen to more baseball talk with you? Hey, you can check my workout over at ATS.io. And also over the All-Star break, I did my college football power ratings and some favorite season win total bets for college football. So that's over there at the website as well for you to check out along with the daily baseball content. And follow me on Twitter at Skating Tripods. Yeah, man, if you're hankering for some college football stuff already, definitely go check that out. And thanks a lot, Adam. We'll talk to you again. Absolutely, guys. Have a good weekend. Thanks, bud. No basketball tonight, but it's tomorrow. And sometimes on a Friday, we'll talk about a game on the weekend. And it is the NBA Finals. We better bring it up. I haven't made a bet on this. You have, what was your series? It was, was it Bucks lose the first game? Or Bucks, yeah, Bucks, Bucks lose the Bucks first lose game. the first game, win the series, and then I've got Bucks minus one and a half. So I need the Bucks to rip through the next two games to get the minus one and a half. That's not looking so hot, but Bucks win the series. They've already lost that? game one, plus, Andy. Plus three seventy-five. So you have the Bucks at plus three seventy-five right now because the first event happened. I know some other people have some Bucks. I know some people have some big Suns numbers from before the playoffs. A lot of people, still a lot of intrigue here, and basically an eight-point swing for home court, which is still, I guess the zigzag is still playing into this because they know what the markets are going to do. Well, I just think they, they know where people are going to bet this with the whole bullshit zigzag. So they have to so. do this swing, but yeah, the sun's minus four at home. We're looking at bucks minus four in Milwaukee. So sun's minus four, a little lower on the total. What do we make of the lower total? That's my main uh, question on this one. You know, in a game really where the Suns win, Andy, and that's not totally correlated, but the Suns winning is going to be, I think, more of an underspot, frankly. Um, and I also wonder if there's some sort of adjustment again for this being hopefully a more competitive game. Um, you know, the last couple of games kind of where it got a little bit out of hand and we saw well, not uh, the last game, not so much. And we saw that one go pretty fairly under. We finally saw the pace slow down a little bit in the fourth quarter there. Some of the shooting numbers are starting to come back down to earth. I mean, early in the series, I was happy to bet unders and I kind of stayed away because this is kind of where I had the number. You know, if these two teams are playing a competitive game, I have it in the 217 to 218 range. Again, we've seen them go over those numbers. They finally started to come back down a little bit. I will say, circling back to your point about people's with Suns numbers, I would start looking into a Milwaukee position, at least to cover your risk if it's a big risk. If you do have a really big payout coming for the Suns and you're really going to be upset about not getting anything, I think the Bucks are very live in this series. I'm not going to bet them before game five at these numbers. You know, plus four is probably a little bit of value. I'd have it closer to plus three. The money line looks just about right to me. It'll just be another game, Andy, where, you know, live I'm looking to accrue positions on the Bucks if they start slow. Live I'm trying to accrue positions on unders if they start fast, things like that. So going to continue to follow that. But in general, I think we have a very competitive series. So if you are heavily invested in the Suns, I think there is a little bit of value in that Bucks number. All right. Yeah, and if you do bet anything, you know, do follow Alex over at Alex Christensen on Vetsperts or at Noops underscore Noops on Twitter. I'm sure you'll tweet anything if you end up putting a future or a future, put a, a position out on that game. All my golf has started. In fact, all my golf for today is pretty much done with. Corey Connors couldn't get it going on the front nine. Really bothersome. He actually played well at the end there. Um, I don't even know where Hovland's sitting right now. Overall, though, like if you watch the show and you decided to place futures with me on Monday, I gave out Morikawa, Oosthuizen, and Fitzpatrick. And Fitzpatrick is going to make the cut. 
Like he'll be there. I think he's about even right now. He's not doing anything spectacular. He'll be there on the weekend. But Morikawa and Usti are one two right now, which is not the worst place oh. to be. There's a lot of golf left, but you could do worse. So outrights are looking okay. And I do have a I have a speed ticket from a couple months ago. So I am absolutely just You're a happy dreading, boy. Yeah, just dreading what's going to happen here. Like, <laughs> is it going to be Grillo? Is it going to be Paul Casey? It's not going to be Paul Have Casey. you pulled up any live outrights to try to, like, start buying some other positions? I mean, have you gotten to the point where you're that nervous? I, I know you're maybe not one to do that in general, but what do you think? That's where I didn't love his tee time, and I should have just stayed off it, but I did put a little more on Hovland this morning, a smaller bet, and I put some on Corey Connors. Connors went two under today. He's tied 13th now, but I don't think he's much of a – a favorite as we think John John Rahm is playing better right now he's going to make the cut he can always you know he's nine back off the lead but still plenty of golf and he hasn't played much today yet either but I did also give out a bonus pick of Seamus Power in the Barbasol he's in fourth place right now he's playing all right he was leading I think he's still got plenty of golf to play he is nine under at the Barber not the Barbasol yeah the Barbasol it's the Barbasol it is played in like Kentucky. Keen Point, I think, is the Keen Trace is the name of that course. So he's only one shot off the lead. There are three men in the lead. So tied fourth, but only one shot off. So he's doing well. And I did run some numbers on that this morning since, you know, I can't give up matchups on a tournament that's almost over for the day because it's in England. So <laughs> found a couple for the Barbasol. These are all still up. I just went and checked. These are all still available right now. In fact, they're all still available at that number means they don't respect my uh my quarter unit bets i put out on these because i'm taking it easy on these i, I will say that I'm, i haven't done a ton of research but i did run my model on this and i did play uh, i'm always fading jt poston so bryce garnett over poston poston i'm not sure what we're saying with that one doesn't matter fade him doesn't doesn't matter he's dead to me and just yeah that number too like getting plus 105 on that, I'd make Garnett like a minus 110 favorite. Stewart over Ryder. I'm not sure exactly why I have Ryder that low, but I like Stewart quite a bit more. You can actually lay a half stroke and only lay minus 112. I didn't like the difference when I did the math, so I just played it straight up. And Aaron Badley. 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 Is it? Yep. Aaron Badley. Sure? Pretty sure. Uh, I'm not. I'm not sure I've ever seen this man golf, but I have seen the other fellow he's, golf. He was good a while ago. Yeah, no, he's been around. John Ho. Huh? He is uh, a favorite, Ooh. and he's. I have him oh. way too big of him. He's minus one fifty-five to Madeley. I make there's some value on this plus one twenty-nine. I have this about as a pick'em, so I'm going to take that one as well, and hopefully we can get a nice uh, big number heading into the weekend. So. If you have any tennis too, I'm sure we'll see that on Betsperts or your tweets. Tweets. And it's tough Tweeters? at the end of the week. You get to the it end of the week. But it is the nice part about tennis. It's busy at the beginning of the week, slower at the end of the week. So you can build your way into NFL and all the stuff that's yeah. happening. So there's only like a couple matches. They're all happening right now. I will tweet anything out and make sure I get it on the Betsperts for the folks. But kind nothing of, for now. Kind of a super show today. We went long. I'm not even mad about it. It's Friday. We had more to cover. So. I don't um, have to get out of Adam. I feel like I got a lot out of that. I got a lot of division bets. I got plays after this. Did, did. I was I looking for some place. second half to gen baseball action, and Adam delivered the goods. I know the timing for Baseball Friday was perfect to get some get some alt win totals, get some division props, get some other stuff. So before we go, make sure to sign up for win bets. You can follow us any of our social media channels. We're going to have a link for it somewhere. 
it's on the app, it's on our Twitter, it's posted. You can get your free Yeti. If you sign up, just send us your, your free or your, your risk-free bet and you know, go to at BetSperts on Twitter for all the details on that. Go have a good weekend. Good luck with all your betting. Good luck with your hammock laying. I'll be at the horse track winning tons of money. That never happens. So thanks guys.